0: This is Jessica and this is Kelly, and
1: this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hi everybody. Welcome to today's episode. We are so excited today. We have with us Darlene Brock. She is a president and co-founder of the grit and grace project, author of raising great girls and co-host of this grit and grace life podcast. While raising her two daughters, Darlene found time to produce award-winning music videos manage recording artists, promote concerts throughout the world, and serve as COO of Forefront Records. In 2015, Darlene began to seek out women who understood the value of building relationships, nurturing children, pursuing careers, and finding self-worth. These women formed the Grit and Grace Project, which is a community of strong women who have come together to share life lessons learned and wisdom gained. Their faith is paramount to who they are and what they do. Through articles, videos, social media channels, and this Grit and Grace Life podcast, Darlene and her team offer you the encouragement you need to build strength in your own Grit and Grace Life. Welcome.
2: Welcome. Thanks. You just made me really tired. <laughs> <laughs> the mouthful. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a lot of life too. So, yeah. Appreciate you having me.
1: Well, we're so excited to have you today. Um, I was so, I'm so excited. So I have a I have a daughter and two boys and Kelly has two boys. So I was so excited to read your book um, and Kelly and I are huge bibliophiles and we're always reading. And so um, I was so excited to read this. And so <clears throat> I know we have a lot we want to cover today, but I wanted to just touch on um, just a few things that I loved in your book and one of them that I just absolutely loved, um, was that you said that you are the, you are singularly the most influential person in your daughter's life. And I just, I loved that. And so I would love to hear, um, a little bit about, um, I I guess I think so much of where you're coming from, um, is that experience of being a mom, right? And And for you, how do you think that has played out for you being so influential for your daughters and now spreading that out to women?
2: Ah, loaded question, but you, we are, we are the most influential. Now that's kind of terrifying. All right. When you when yeah. you pull it back, you go, okay, so I could really blow this yes. <laughs> could really destroy my daughter. But I'm telling you, that's not true. You won't always get it right. You won't always do it right. But the fact that you're committed to it, realizing that you will impact that little girl's life, you will be the one that your life will be reflected in hers. Most of the time, it's what you do, not what you say. So your influence comes in your everyday, and they watch you. Those little eyeballs watch you the whole time. You're the mom, you're the authority, but you're also their role model. And that's how you influence them. That's how you hopefully tell them what kind of woman they want to grow up to be.
1: Yeah, I think that's so true. I always tell, I so I don't, I no longer work with adolescents, but when I worked with families, adolescents, I used to, I used to say 90% of parenting is modeling, right? Like the, sure. the behavior, like what you're doing, yeah. and not so much, you know, what you're saying. I think that's so true.
2: It is true. And, you know, again, don't be terrified by it because perfection isn't what's required. I hope I repeated that over and over in the book. And I think I did. But you don't have to be a perfect mom to be a great mom
0: yeah yeah
1: and do you find that like what um tips or advice do you find yourself repeating over and over for for moms
2: Mm. um don't listen to all the voices Mm, especially today there's so many people women you know professionals and i believe in people who know what they're doing helping you do it well But if you listen to every voice, there's an opinion about everything. How Mm -hmm. much your baby should sleep, not sleep, what they should eat, what they should not eat, how they should wake up, how they should go to bed. If you listen to all of it, you feel paralyzed. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just terrifying for every mother. Um, The other thing I would say is don't sweat the small stuff. There's a lot of life that's the small stuff. My aunt told me that when... I was first raising my kids, my daughters, and it was, you know, there's a lot that you'll deal with that is unimportant. And I think that the last thing is what I said earlier is you are, you don't have to be perfect, but you're the right mom for your child. Nobody else is going to raise your child the way you can or should, because you're paired correctly with that child. So you may be analytical. You may be
0: creative. It doesn't matter you're the right mom for your baby i I think sometimes we get as parents especially so jess and i are in that little older school age to high school so this whole like i feel like there's a lot of pressure to be like okay they're gonna be adults like you gotta raise them to be good humans um and you talk about when you said like not sweating the small stuff um part of the challenge i think is figure out what is the small stuff what's the important stuff you know like what (laughs) What are some things, you know, it doesn't matter if they make great like all A's or, you know, what are those things that, you know, help help us help our listeners kind of sift through that? Um,
2: You're not raising Einstein, at least most of us aren't, So, you know, C's are perfectly acceptable. D's probably not if it's something, you know, they could get a better grade in. Um, But, you know, the reality is on the grade side. The majority of CEOs in America are C students. They grew up as C students. What you're trying to do is raise character. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. wanting your kids to have integrity, to have a work ethic, to have resp- to be responsible, to be kind, to be honest. Those are the things that you want. So there are times you bend the rules, you know, if, if you have a curfew for your child, but they come to you and give you all the reasons why they need to be out later because they've got a job. They won't get off till this hour. There's a late movie of something they wanted to see so badly, or they're going to their friend's house. This is the only window. Let them, let them, they have a job. So you, you really have to look at everything individually. Mm-hmm. If it's helping them become the human you want them to become then give them grace if it is isn't, then you you're still the parent you kick their high knee too
1: yeah i think that's so true My so so kelly's oldest is 12 <laughs> And then my daughter is a freshman in in high school. I'm surprised. I guess we'll just see how it plays out. Like I, I, I feel like I was kind of like <laughs> I was helicoptering. Get a t-shirt a lot. Well, um. I get a, that's parenting. I'll see how it plays out. That's what I'll <laughs> but like I feel like I, I kind of uh, maybe borderline helicopter parenting. Um, uh, and uh, but I'm letting, I'm giving her a long leash. Like I, I think she makes good choices, and so my you know, what I'm doing for her right now is like give her a long leash. And then if she messes up, we'll reevaluate. But she's she makes good choices and I trust that she makes good choices. And so you're still um, driving her around her to... everywhere. Right. So no, that's like why i was saying that's why we'll see how it plays out. She does not have used to a car at <laughs> uh-huh. this time. Yes.
2: <laughs> I, I always I told my daughters that I will absolutely trust you until you prove to me that I shouldn't have. Yeah. And when you if and when you do that, It's going to be a long, hard road to earn that trust back. So you better think about it before you get there. So I think trusting your kid is is absolutely right. They need to feel your confidence that you believe they're going to make good choices. They're going to do a good job. Knowing, I don't know about you ladies, but as a teenager, I didn't always make great choices. I didn't always do the right thing. Knowing they'll probably make some of their mistakes, but that's okay. Because yeah. as long as there are things that don't change the trajectory of their life, it's just a mistake.
1: Absolutely. I think, yeah, on the scheme of things, the, Lucky for us, the choices that I made that were questionable were not nothing that put me in harm's way or anything. I mean, we grew up in rural Kansas, so we were driving at like fourteen, which you know, and we were we were very independent. I don't know whether that was good in
0: some way. I I didn't want to. I didn't want to drive. I was afraid
1: I was going to get arrested any minute. I don't know why. Yeah. but um i've been um i I've been listening to um to your podcast. there's so many episodes that I love, but you know, what do you think inspired you to begin creating content for women and it runs a gamut right relationships, lifestyle, faith, motherhood
2: mm. um in addition to it being my two daughters who made me deal with women um <laughs> i I loved historical women when I was in middle school bizarrely enough I read every biography about women that was in the library got checked out every single one because I thought I wanted to be inspired I lived in a small town in Indiana that didn't have much inspiration so I wanted something bigger and greater and I I read every book but then you know my, my music career basically took me with to working with almost all men
1: yeah. You know,
2: my peers were men. The bands I worked with were male, which I really liked. And at that time, as an adult, I kind of thought women were more complicated and I didn't, you know, they men were easier hangs, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of disconnected from a lot of female relationships. Then I retired and went from the music business and went, I have a lot of belief in women i have i have seen them accomplish so much i remember what they could do and i believe that their strength is unparalleled a woman's strength is absolutely unparalleled and i wanted to tap into it at the same time my faith is incredibly important to me And I ran across a verse in the Bible that said the older women are supposed to teach the younger. Now, I denied the fact that I was an older woman, okay? (laughs) Not going there. Um, But we are all older than someone else, and our life experience can help another woman. So I started Grit and Grace Life because of that, because that, I think women teaching other women, the things that they have learned from their life experience is the most valuable thing in the world.
1: Yeah. That, um, that was so evident in your book. Like I loved hearing the little, um, what I want to say a little like historical lessons about the different women or the different mothers because I think too I think we look at parenting right now at, at a micro lens like right now everything I do right now is impacting everyone in my child's life <laughs> versus like pulling back and looking at the bigger picture and so you give all those examples of women in history of of your um women and your family in history and then you're like okay okay like let's pull back and look at the big picture and see how things kind of um, happen for everyone. So I loved all those little blurbs. And Kelly, you love biographies.
0: Yeah, I love biographies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, I love that. And I am definitely always trying to pick up um, any story I can. I mean, even to your point about one of the things that, just did you read that Rise Sister Rise book? Or it was like, you carry with you, the history of the women who came before you and just that is so powerful. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Jesse and I had an opportunity to spend a lot of time with our grandmother who lived to be in her nineties, but just like, you know, it was, I think we were in awe. We had a lot of girl cousins too, but we were all in awe of her, just everything she had gone through and just her grace and her grit and the stories that she could tell. And to your point, she never sweat the small stuff. and She laughed at us all the time and you know it was just funny probably her seeing her grandkids raise
1: kids and just how we freaked out about unnecessary things (laughs) yeah but she also I think recognize it's a different time, right? Like she would talk about it being a different time because we all had careers. And, um, you know, she lived in a town where you kind of raised each other. She was one of 12 and everybody kind of helped raise each other. And we don't really have that as much anymore. So she recognized our struggle too, you know, that it is very different. Um, But yeah, no, we're really, really lucky to to have those relationships with her too. Um, What do you think for you, Darlene, about your history or your family history um, has kind of brought you to where you are today. Mm.
2: Uh, Like you ladies, was my great grandmother, who was an incredible influence on my life. Um, She she mirrored everything that I would want to be. She uh, stood strong in hard times, but she always laughed about it. Then the flip side, to be honest, my mother was an incredibly difficult woman. She was a challenge as, you know, a lot of a lot of women find that their relationship with their mother can be challenging. And mine was. Mm -hmm. But it also made me strong because it made me determine who I wanted to be. So I don't think it's just the perfect example of the woman you want to be. Sometimes it's the imperfect example of the woman you don't want to be Yeah, and how you want to shape your life a little bit
1: differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's so wonderful. You were able to have that. You said it was your Mm great-grandmother. It was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you spoke about her in the book. I do. I love that too, right? It's just um, taking inspiration, right? And then that's what you're doing now, right? Is creating um, your own content that's so inspiring and and sharing um, lessons that you've learned, you know? Um, Why do you think your messaging is important?
2: Isn't that funny because we all sit back and go we want to accomplish something and so why is it different or why does it matter for me it's because i think in this generation of women they doubt themselves all the time yeah. they doubt their relationships or their mothering or their careers or the combination of them can i be a good mother and have a career or can i have children and and you know be all these other things you and Am I even good at it? And this other person looks better than I do. I think Mm -hmm. we have this. And the the world that we're surrounded with right now is hitting us on every side about how to do it right. So it just increases our discomfort and our doubt. And I'm big on, of course you can. Of course you will. And I think it's really important that women who have gone through things can look at other women and say, I've walked through a divorce and I'm still standing and I'm stronger. And here's why Mm -hmm. I have lost a child or I've lost or I've got a child who's a prodigal right now. And I'm still standing. And here's why. And I think that for us as a collective at Grit and Grace Life to be able to tell our stories, share both of our heartbreaks and challenges, but our joys, too, can help other women go, "I I can do it. I can yeah. be that strong woman, even though today I don't feel like it, I can and will be that strong woman. And that to me is one of the most important
0: underlying values of what we do. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I, th- I feel like, you know, Jess and I, I feel like we're we're kind of now that we're in our 40s, kind of trying to come into our own and yes. you realize that. I've learned that I, I'm hard on myself. I've, you know, harder on myself than anybody else and trying to, you know, instill that self-compassion and stop comparing, you know, myself and whatever I'm doing to others and just be in my own life and be, be happy and i think coming out of when you're in those years especially when your kids are infants and things and you're just trying to keep a human alive <laughs> it's common i feel like to lose oneself in and not not really realize like what it what do i enjoy doing what makes me happy and you know do i want to work do i not want to work what is it that fills my cup and that's a hard a lot of those things are really hard to navigate especially if you're feeling alone
2: Oh, you're so right. And I think where you ladies are, it is both a wonderful time and a transitional time because your your kids are growing up. You've learned a lot already about the world and life, and you've almost lost yourself sometimes at this this place, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I think it's a rediscovery of, all right, I don't have to be pulled every single way. I really need to get back to me. I really need to find confidence in me. And it can be as simple as I don't like cleaning toilets, so I'm going to hire a housekeeper just because I need one thing off my plate. (laughs) You know, whatever it takes to kind of take off the layers and then say, I'm just going to focus my life on what matters to me. I think it's a really important season. And, you know, my 40s were some of my best because honestly, I threw away a bunch of the stuff that wasn't important and then focused on what was and ended up looking back going, you know, that those were great years because I got a lot of good out of it by doing that.
1: Yeah. And I loved that. <clears throat> that reminds me, it's, it's interesting too. So there's a seven year difference between my oldest and my youngest. So I feel <laughs> like my youngest, like I'm a whole different parent. Right. Okay. And so my poor oldest, um, cause I, I think, you know, we're part of that, um, parenting generation where they need to be in all the things and the best of the things i remember having this talk with kelly i think our kids were like three and we were like our kids are going to go to top 20 colleges we had this very serious talk and now we're like yeah you know they'll they'll find something you know whatever and but I just felt like we were so intense and I'm trying to like untangle it and walk out of it and I loved that part in your book where you said every child is talented but every child does not possess every talented every talent and that you were talking about exposing your children to different options and seeing what lights them up and I don't that was just like light bulb moment for me so now I'm like okay I'm forcing my eight-year-olds in piano right now because my older two took piano for six years, and he has to take piano for six years. And he's he loves music. He's really good at piano. He's in a class with way older kids. He does not care about piano right now. And every time, he's like I don't want to go. I hate piano. I'm not practicing. And I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah, you know. And then I'm like, you had a a whole thing, and they're just about spending time with your kids, you I know? And so that. I'm like, yes. he will practice piano with me and we can play together. I can read piano music. His piano can be him and I playing the piano together. Mary to a little this for thing? Yes. Time. And I'm serious. Like we're doing hot, some hot cross buns. We're learning chords <laughs> right now. And it's Perfect. like, you know, but I think for this generation of um, parents, you know, we feel pressure for our kids to succeed because we have choices and resources and um, you know, we're, you know, so it's like what do you think is helpful for us? You know, cause I'm inspired right now. I'm talking to you. I've been preparing for you. How, you know, how can we keep reassuring ourselves, you know, um, that, that, that none of that matters, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And one thing you need to think
2: about, or every, every parent needs to think about is I want my child to be able to, or want to talk and hang with me when they're teenagers. Okay. Yeah. when they're in the 12 to I'm going to college, even in college age, I want a relationship to do that. You have to have breathing room. You have to have room with your toddler, with your elementary school, with your you know, you have to have breathing room. You can't always be driving to the next event or forcing the next lesson. You have to lay in the backyard at night and look at the stars together. Yeah. You have to get in the car. I used to get in the car and I may have mentioned this in my book, but I used to get in the car with my 12 year old daughter and she was not a talker. So to get something out of her, I had to create a scenario that she talked. So we would be on our way to her church or her Wednesday night church service that she went to. And then I went to church and we would go to Sonic. I know bad food, all of that, I don't care, it's (laughs) fine, but we would sit in the car, and she would eat her corn dog, and we would, she would talk, because she couldn't get out of the car, she was eating garbage food she liked, (laughs) and we would sit there for 30 minutes, and she would talk, and she continued to talk to me, because we had created us time, Mm-hmm. Not just event time, not yeah. just project time, not just homework time. We had created us time when she was very small and all the time she was growing up. So she continued to talk to me. Not always, not about everything, but I kept an open line of communication with both of my daughters because I didn't feel their world with everything else.
0: You so. notice both of us oh. were a little like deer in the headlights on that. Like this, That's the <laughs> hardest part of like where we are right now as moms is forging
1: those relationships in a natural not forced threatening way but we do have a village even though we live across the country from each other um we have we have each other our kids talk and so i know there was like a mm-hmm. situation where kelly was concerned maybe her son wasn't telling her things but i had my daughter and i was like hey i need you to like message your cousin and so we were able to figure out everything that was going on and he eventually you know i think we were a little hyper about it but right at the right moment he eventually came to Kelly when he was ready to talk to well, her. About I was it, but... able to leverage it in a non, you know,
0: giving divulging the mole sort of scenario yeah, we need to keep to our like mole in there figuring so. out <laughs> how to ask some yeah. questions i think that's okay the they
2: can't part. listen they can't listen to your podcast they
0: can't no, they probably won't
1: <laughs> no no they don't well yeah. there are the boys though yeah the boys won't but G- gabby listens occasionally but that's okay she knows you know. she's the mole that's okay she's our hero yes
2: <laughs> and you know ladies this this isn't pressure to do this all the time this is this is It only takes a few instances of time with your child and you may have months where they're not really opening up. Then you plan a road trip with just that Mm -hmm. child. You just plan a Friday to Sunday. We're going you're getting in the car with me and we're going to go someplace. We're not even telling you where and make it where they're in the car with you and you create events and fun. That's just the two of you. And you'll be amazed. And how all of a sudden they open up all of a sudden they, they communicate things that they didn't before it'll happen.
0: Yeah. Well, and maybe also part of it, hearing what you're saying too, is, am I putting too much pressure on that? I'm not going to be their like deep confidant, right? It's sort of like figuring out what is the relationship where they, they can feel like I'm safe. I am here to protect them. I am here to help them. And I'm also like their mom. And figuring out what is that relationship is sort of like where we're navigating. And I'm realizing, cause my husband was like, you're not going to be his best friend. I was like, I don't want to be his best friend. But then I was like, am I thinking that I am deep down, but I'm not. Cause I don't, I don't, I mean, he's still like 12. He doesn't like shower regularly like there's not like a level of like <laughs> i don't want to get too close <laughs> um but it is like what is the relationship to to what you're describing like and I, how does that come about naturally is- oh yeah
2: no good good point kelly because you are the mom they'll have lots of friends they'll have lots of confidence they'll have people that they share their life with when they don't share it with you but there's no role like a mom there's no important position to have than a mom. You don't have to be their friend while they're growing up. You want them to communicate with you and share their heart when they're ready, but you don't have to be their friend because if you're their mom and they know you love them, you'll always be there for them. You have their back no matter what. You would never turn your back on them. You will stand by them no matter what they do or what they walk through in life. If they know that... When they're grown, I can tell you from my experience, you know, they will be your friend, you will be mom friend, they will be daughter friend, but you'll never get to that place if you abdicate the role of mother, you never Mm
0: -hmm. will.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that is such a key um, kids feeling confident and having that unconditional love. Yeah. You know, I think that is so key. And I think that's where I, I've seen it, too, where <clears throat> if you pull back, it's like, did you tell your kid you loved him that day? Well, if you did, they're steps ahead of a lot of people, because I can tell you in my office, being a trauma therapist, most of the people I see were not told that they were loved every day or they did not feel loved. And so I think just saying that is like they're just, you know, miles ahead of their peers sometimes, you know. Oh, you're so right.
2: And even if they roll their eyes and stomp upstairs, you can say, I still love you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Totally. That is the, the nice thing about having the seven year difference is even though with my tween and teen, I do have one that loves me and still thinks that I hang the moon. So it's like, you know, he's still there. And he's always like, they'll do something and he'll be like, I love you, mom. And he like runs over. He's like, you're the best. I love you. That's so funny. Like, so keep having go. kids. Is that what you're saying? No, Jess? no. <laughs> no. yes. If, 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 uh, if there was someone that did not know how to fill their cup in another way that would be their choice, but we are done over here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. So, but uh, that's so true. And I think, um, you know, you were talking about that too, as far as relationships and in your career, you had kind of let relationships with women lapse, you know, what has helped you, um, create new relationships and maintain new relationships at this stage?
2: Mm, Good question. Um, the fact that i entered back into this world through good and uh it it almost forced me to create a community of women that um i hadn't had in quite some time and it's my writers my team members you know we have about 15 team writers that write for us regularly then we have guest writers but we are a community now we live Everywhere, as you ladies live nowhere near each other, we live everywhere from Florida to California, to Canada, Texas, everywhere in between. But we are a legitimate, strong community that completely supports one another. And I have gained strength, aside from my some of my personal relationships and family, I have bring, gained strength through these women, this community that we forged. And they are every age, they are every race, they are every, you know, they're just every box, you could just go through it, but they have collective hearts to help one another. And in that, I've found strength. You know, I can say I'm leading the parade, but the truth is I need the encouragement of other women. I need women to say, hey, Dar, you got it. Hey, dog, yeah. don't get too tired. Hey, dog, we know that this is this is a lot we're all trying to do together. But I believe in us. I believe in you. And it's amazing what that can do for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what goes into um, you identifying um maybe who you're going to interview for the podcast or what you're going to focus on, um, at that time, um, on the website, where do you kind of find that inspiration from? Mm.
2: The guests that we bring, I generally bring in women who have what I consider interesting and have a lot of life experience that they may not Mm -hmm. have shared with a lot of people, but they feel like they're supposed to, because I think that's important. Um, Then as far as the subject matter, Julie and I, you know, that's my co-host, Julie Bender, and she and I basically have had lots of conversations through the years in what we struggle with, what we see our our friends struggle with, with, you know, the different subjects that we're dealing, that women are dealing with in life, and we just try to tackle those. We try to unpack them and find not all the answers. Sometimes we'll look at each other and go man, we will give you ladies nuggets of what we think will help you. But, you know, we're giving you nuggets to hopefully you find the whole gold mine. But, you know, we feel like we want to help you and help us at the same time deal with this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah I mean, as I was, you know, even uh, going back through some of the older episodes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because I only more recently fo- started following you guys. But the content is s- every there's so many podcasts that offer the similar content. But it's to your point, women are constantly going through these same challenges. And I think it's always great to hear different perspectives and things that have a little bit of a spin on them. We I was just telling just we were looking at our web analytics and one of the things that was like the most traffic on our blog was making friends. And um, I, I know that you guys have talked about that a little bit on your podcast, too. And it's just interesting as as women and especially all of us who, you know, love our tribe and, and definitely try to continue to have those relationships that that still resonates, you know, um, with people. And I know that's just an example of, of many topics that um, I think to Jesse's point, it's like how. Aside from just, re- I don't want to say recycling, but we we find that we grab the topics that are relevant to us at this time, which are the same topics that maybe were relevant to you four or five mm-hmm. years ago, right? Um, and then maybe things kind of trickle in that are, are more hot topics. I don't know, Jess.
2: Yeah, I, I think the, the same felt needs will always be repeated. And, you know, when we were in the music business, I had some of my artists that didn't want to sing the same hit song over and over and over and over and over again, because Mm. they, you know, they would say, oh, maybe I need to, you know, change it up a little bit. It's like, no, 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 don't change it up a little bit. (laughs) Um, But what what people need sometimes is to be reminded of the same heart thing, the same need. They're not our basic needs don't change all that much. So it doesn't hurt to repeat them. It doesn't hurt to address them again. I think, in fact, every time you do or every time Julie and I do, we personally discover a new layer to the the same conversation that maybe we gleaned a little bit more information or gained a little more understanding that helped us unpack it differently or maybe the same, but we needed to hear it again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like saying to each other as, as women. Of course, you're strong and you can do it. Well, I may need that once a week. You know? Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to repeat the encouragement and the hit the felt needs. It didn't hurt at all. In fact, I think it's it's exactly what we all should do.
1: Yeah. Do you have um, a favorite episode or interview that comes to mind? I loved um, the one on sex trafficking. Uh-huh. That was a while ago. I don't know if you're, maybe I know Kelly's like, I don't want to listen to that. I don't like sad things. So Kelly doesn't (laughs) like sad things. And because of the nature of me being a social worker for years and years and years, I'm like, I can you know, take that content and not be traumatized by it. Um, but I thought that was so eye-opening and fascinating. And mm-hmm. the vulnerability of your guest was just so incredible. And I, I loved that one, but do you have, you know, a guest or something that really kind of um, just stuck with you or was kind of maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh,
2: my word. I'm at two hundred and nine episodes right now. Yes, wow. So, yeah, you know, you, can, uh,
0: you figure out a way to get out of this question. If you.
2: <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs>
0: um,
2: you know what I will say, if you if you want to just go back to the great and grace life and touch on some here's some of our ones with Dr. Zoe.
1: I don't yeah. know if the ladies can yeah. listen to
2: them or not, but she she writes for us. She answers.
1: Yeah, I've seen some of her her articles. Yeah, yeah,
2: she's solid, solid, solid. So if you need just life advice, she's real good at that. But I also I have to give props to my co-host Julie. Mm. And if you listen to any of her life story, um, do listen to it because she's she's walked some roads we've walked some roads together and you know one strong um lovely young
1: woman yeah 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 um yes I have um read a you know a, a lot about Julie's story and it is I think for me and I know Kelly too it's first we're just curious Right. About humanity. But then also, I think um, and maybe it's because of, of today with social media and we're comparing and we're saying, oh, look at that beautiful home or that person's beautiful life or look at that. They must have everything. And it's like, you don't know. Um, the path that that person has traveled, right? You don't know the story behind where they are today, and so um, I we love to share those stories, and I and I love that you are sharing those stories and exploring um, what it goes into. Because I think happiness is kind of hard fought. You know, it's not like you're just oh, yeah. like blessed and you're like, oh look, I'm blissful, right? I think it's a choice. You have to work to it. and yes, you have to forgive, yeah. and you have to move on. And there's you know so much you need to do um, on your journey to, you know, I think be a happy person.
2: Oh, I think it's true. And I honestly think the most difficult challenges we faced in life and have gotten to the other side really brings the most peace and contentment and strength and self-worth because um, it's grown us. It's shaped us. 100%. And it may not show in our everyday because we look like we're put together.
0: But what has put us together are the things that tore us apart and rebuild us. But at the same time, when you're in those moments, you're not sure how you're going to get out of them. And so it's I guess that's the interesting part of life in that way. You know,
2: it's true. And I think part of what I, I want women to know is you can be in those moments. You can crawl in bed. You can eat a gallon of ice cream. You can you can hurt and grieve or be angry. You can have all of that. And there are seasons of that. It doesn't have to be tomorrow I'm going to get over this. It can be I am walking through. You, you can't go around a problem. You mm-hmm. cannot go over a problem. You cannot avoid a problem. The only thing you can do is get through it. Yeah. And that takes time. That takes focus. That may take support and help. And that's all, that's all is needed to get there. But what I want to tell you is take your time, do what's needed, but you will get to the other side.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good advice.
1: Yeah. I think that there are, there are times where it's, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Um, But when you can hear stories of triumph, I think that kind of helps us um, to, believe more that we can get through it, Um, you know, was there not necessarily in a difficult time in your life, but kind of looking over your life, um, uh, do you have some nuggets of wisdom or advice that was given to you that you find yourself repeating or that you find that that um, was really helpful for you?
2: Yeah, um, I'll give you a specific I mean, I've had lots of different challenges, as we all have. But I lost my father to suicide. All right. And it was like somebody shot a cannonball through my body and the hole was as big as a cannonball would create. And I thought there's I don't know how this will ever get stitched up. I don't know how I will ever heal from this. I don't know how I will get past this. And the very beginning of my my journey was at his memorial service where the pastor said, don't mistake the man for the moment and i think that applies to all of us that don't mistake our entire life for a moment in time or a week in time or a year in time it is simply that it's part of our lives and then you give it time then you give it time to move on and, and heal and grow and learn And it doesn't change like for me, it doesn't change the fact that every Father's Day, I still miss my daddy and he's been gone for a long time. Yeah. Um, But what it does is I've gotten to the other side of it with hope and I've had the privilege of telling my daughters all about him. And in fact, I named one of my daughters after him. So, you know, it's like you bridge your hurt to the strength of today and going forward. And to me, that's how you cope. That's how you grow. That's how you change into the person you want to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really like that. I have not heard that before. Um, I have not heard heard that one before. But I think that's incredibly profound. It can help. Yeah. Um, I think that it can be applied to so many situations because we're not perfect. You know, we're not perfect, and we're going to make mistakes. I'm going to continue to make mistakes. I'll make more mistakes. You know. Um, <laughs> But it's like that one thing does not define you, right as a whole, um, and you know we're very complicated beings. Yep, true, absolutely. Um, are there any anything any, anything special that or that you're loving right now? Like, what are you kind of reading, watching, listening to these days?
2: Oh, I'm I'm such a confused person sometimes. All right, <laughs> when I'm watching and listening to all right i'm watching million dollar listings okay, okay so okay. that's really base. but who in the world has a car that i mean, a garage that has an elevator that takes their car to their bedroom i mean seriously you just have to watch it for <laughs> that reason alone um reading i am reading a book called hearts of hearts of fire it's about women who have risk their lives for their faith and their beliefs several real life women and i find it just incredibly heartbreaking and inspiring at the same time yeah and as far as watching i'm watching outer banks Have you watched that We We just started in our house. Yeah. We're behind. Love it. Well, I I feel like, okay, what am I? Like a teenager that wants to go find gold or something? (laughs) (laughs) So So, yeah, yeah. I'm a little confused on what I could do.
0: You're not alone on that one. I don't know what it is about the outer banks, but I agree.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we brought my daughter's the only one of her friends that hasn't watched it. And so I was like, well, let's start watching it together because her friends were like saying you've got to watch this. So so then uh, we started watching it together. And then my husband was like, I want to see it, too. So now we're all watching it. And then also what I'm watching, which is embarrassing. And again, right, we don't have to make any sense. But I started watching Dance Moms. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I mean, that's so old, but I'm like, my kids are like, okay, I'm like looking up. Look, this is this is them now, right? And so it's funny because I think a few years ago I would be like, those moms are crazy. But now I'm like, I can see, I can see her point and where she's coming from. And you can because you know they're like, my daughter's gonna be a star. And now they are. They are a star. So it's okay. (laughs) You know, so it's like, hey, she wasn't crazy. So but that was yeah, sometimes we need some escapism, right? Like you're saying with million oh, dollar, sure. dollar listing and <laughs> you know just because everything can be so heavy I know I like to read I call it brain candy you know I'll read like a couple of heavy books and it's like okay my brain needs a break because I can't always read you know such heavy stuff and also when you're reading um yeah you know, books where you're trying to be a better human, you know, books like a Brene Brown book or something, you're trying to be a better human. That is like, okay, that's intense. And I've got to make some changes and I've got to work on myself. And so it's like, I need a break. break Yeah. Sometimes
2: I need to watch other people just be bizarre so I could just go, okay, life's all right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it has been um, such a pleasure having you on today. I'm so glad yeah, that you took some time out of your busy schedule with all the hats you wear um, to join us for a chat today.
2: Pleasure on my part
0: too. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.